0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mom of the Hard Kid. Last night was awful, absolutely awful. My husband is out of the country right now, and I have an extra space in my bed. So when my little lady, who is six years old and has a plethora of mental issues, gets up in the night and says that she's had a nightmare, which was not true, I decided to let her sleep on my husband's side of the bed, which was a gigantic mistake. So let me give you a little bit of background because I started a little too soon. At two o'clock in the morning, I hear rustling in my bedroom and I'm like, I've been through this before. I know who this is. I'm even by myself and my husband's out of the country and I still am thinking, I don't even think this is a burglar. <laughs> I'm not even worried. I know who this is. And she just so happened to have done this the night before as well. So I say, little lady, but of course I use her real name. I say, what are you doing in here? She pops up from the foot of my bed, just like, because she'd been crawling around my room. She pops up, she is smiling and grinning and she's like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know that you knew I was here. (laughs) Well, already I'm like, oh no. Because I know what this is, but we'll talk about that in a second. And I say, What are you doing? And she's like, Oh my gosh, I had a nightmare, which does not match what her face is telling me, doesn't match what her tone is telling me. She's just freaking popped up from the ground with her arms up. <laughs> I don't believe that she's terrified. So I was like, Hey, climb into this spot where your dad usually is, and let's go back to bed. Well, she cannot stay in her bed. She keeps, I'm floating in and out of sleep and she keeps jumping out of bed and going to her room and grabbing a blanket. And then she jumps out of bed and she goes to a bathroom and she, I don't even know what she's doing in the bathroom. And then she comes back, I I bring her back, you know, tell her she's got to get back in bed. And then she hops out of bed and she grabs a pillow. And then she hops out of bed and she grabs another pillow. And then finally after four pillows, because I'm exhausted. I'm like, why do you keep grabbing pillows? And she's like, I'm building a fort. <laughs> I'm like, no, you are not building a fort. It is 230 in the morning. You are not building a fort. So I tip off back to bed, and apparently that means I've given her the okay to complete construction on this fort. So she keeps building it, she's wiggling, she's talking to herself. And so I keep talking to her, but I am stupid and I don't open my eyes. I'm like, put your head down, lay down, shh, you know, those kind of things. But anyway, at 4 30, I'm pissed. <laughs> So mad. She can't stop. She doesn't quit. She's just been running around like a field mouse for two and a half hours. And I don't even know how long she was doing it before I went to bed at midnight. So I'm not sure if she was like running around from then or what. But every light in my house is on. (laughs) I'm like, you will lay down. So if I lay down, she would sit up. So I had to sit up for Forty-five minutes until she finally tipped back to sleep at five something in the morning. Well, the alarm goes off at six thirty, so when six thirty comes, she is like, "Mom, I'm tired. I need to go back to bed." I'm like, no, absolutely not. You are not going back to bed you missed the opportunity for bed, which I'm not, I, you know, when it comes to her teacher in school, I'm absolutely terrified of these decisions that I make, but I do think it was the best decision. So because she did a similar thing the night before, though, I do think she really did have a nightmare the night before, I realized that she is heading into a manic episode. And when I looked this up, because I'm exhausted. <laughs> so, so I had a little help from AI on this. So know that know that you might need to do a little bit more research, but I have researched it in the past. So when people with bipolar disorder, which I don't think she has, but you guys know that I kind of sometimes things are all over the place. People with bipolar disorder, tend to have these manic moments where they can stay up for 24 hours a day or sleep for three hours a night and still feel like totally rested. And so what they think it is, is remember when we talked about the different parts of the brain? Sometimes those parts that regulate sleep are either hypoactive or hyperactive. And so when they are hyperactive, these people are like, I don't need sleep. I don't know. Why would you need, I need to build a fort right now. <laughs> why would I need sleep? So I wanted to talk just a little bit about an article that came out in this University of Michigan School of Public Health. It's called Sleep 101, Why Sleep is So Important to Your Health. And it was written in 2020 by Erica Janssen. And she's a research assistant professor of nutritional sciences at the time. This is a nice article. It's very to the point. It's very informative. And I really like what she says in this section where she talks about adolescents and how they need at least eight to 10 hours of sleep. And how most of the kids are not getting that amount and how that can affect their biology as well as, you know, just their scholastic development and all of those different things. So one of the things she talks about is the time change, which is kind of an interesting take on it. But she also talks about screen time and what screen time does to affect sleep. Now, we've all heard this before, but my little lady is now actually grounded from screens. And this is (laughs) at the time when her mania is picking up. So part of me is like, I don't know if she's backwards, but most kids, it says that if you have your blue light, uh, it can really affect the melatonin. I don't think... Both of my ADHD kids don't seem to have a lot of melatonin. And so I give my youngest melatonin quite often because she just can't go to sleep without it in her manic times. And then I have another son who has a very hard time falling asleep, but I feel like it's more normal, a normal hard time, if that makes sense. And so I'm like, well, you'll be fine. But Harvard also has a really interesting webpage. It's the Division of Sleep Medicine, Harvard Medical School. And this particular page is called Why Sleep Matters, colon, the benefits of sleep. And you go through and it has these different sections and subsections where you can check things. But it talks about how when you don't get enough sleep, your, your brain function, your memory, your metabolism, your immune function... They're all negatively impacted by the fact that you didn't get a lot of sleep. I just think, I mean, I know all of this stuff. We've heard all of this stuff before, but it's kind of nice to just revisit because it talks about obesity and diabetes and cardiovascular disease and even early death. when you are sleep deprived. And I think about this being the parent of a difficult child, not only one that just wakes up at night, because of course, that impacts sleep. And when you're a mom to new babies or young kids, of course, that impacts your sleep. My eldest didn't sleep through the night once. Well, maybe once until she's over four and a half years old. <laughs> was... I had, I had two other kids by that time. So I wasn't even getting to sleep through the night by the time she's figuring out how to sleep through the night. And I was so jealous of all those friends who were like, Oh, it's six weeks. Isn't it time for your baby to sleep through the night? And I was just like, (laughs) leave me alone. But when you have a very, very, very high stress, anything in your life, it can be kids. We're, we're here to talk mostly about Children, but it really is anything. If your marriage is really difficult, if your job is really difficult, if your family life, your social life, if all of those things are intensely difficult, which they can be sometimes, it can severely impact your sleep. I remember when I was in my adrenal fatigue and my adrenal glands were just busted. I would, and that's figurative by the way, I would wake up. 10 times a night in just like this gigantic panic because I just couldn't sleep and it was I'd have these nightmares and I'm starting to get those back again where my heart starts racing and I feel like I can't breathe and I feel like and I'm I'm asleep and then I wake up because I'm just trying to breathe (laughs) Like, like when things get really hard for long durations of time your body will wear it and it will definitely negative impact your sleep. And sleep is so critical. They even have this section in here about aging. And I know that, you know, we tend to think about aging as like wrinkles and things like that, which I think they sort of are referencing. But they're talking about how your body will literally age more if you are not getting sleep. So here is a really interesting section of the article where they are talking about age-related sleep problems. So it says, and I quote, given what we know, late childhood may well be the golden age of sleep during a lifetime. Beyond the age of 11 or 12, sleep disturbances begin to creep in. In fact, nearly seven out of every 10 adults experience problems that affect sleep quality a number of sleep problems are particular to adult women. Half of them report sleep disturbances during their menstrual periods and three quarters of expectant mothers report that sleep is more disturbed during pregnancy. And many experience disturbed sleep during menopause, in part due to nighttime hot flashes, end quote. Oh my goodness, like, doesn't it just feel like like it's just stacked against you. You're like, okay, I partied when I was young, then I got married, then I got pregnant. And now I can't sleep because I'm pregnant. And then I can't sleep because I had the baby. And then I can't sleep because I worry about the baby. Then I have another baby. And then I have menopause. And now I can't sleep. (laughs) It just I'm like, Oh my gosh, sleep. It's so important. But people who have insomnia tend to have And this is from the article, Uh, arthritis, heart failure, depression, reflux, like all of these things that are physical representations of the fact that you're not sleeping. But what I really wanted to focus on was how much sleep your kids need to get and why they really need to get it. But also don't forget yourself, parent. You getting sleep is absolutely critical. And when you have a child who sneaks out of their room or who sneaks out of the house or who does all these terrible things while you are sleeping, you, you have to figure out a game plan and make some adjustments. So first off, we talk about how newborns need 14 hours to 17 hours. Infants need 12 to 15. Toddlers need 11 to 14. And preschoolers need 10 hours to 13 hours. And then school children, the rest of school children age 10 to 11, teenagers 8 to 10 and young adults and on are about around seven to nine hours. So when you're trying to pick the amount of time your child needs to sleep, this can be really difficult when you're getting a lot of kickback. And we definitely, definitely get a lot of kickback sometimes. I have found melatonin to be a really beneficial assistant. I do have permission from her doctor, even though you don't need it. I just, I didn't like medicating my kids in any fashion. And now I have this youngest one where I'm like, give it to me, give me some medicine. (laughs) I got to figure this out. Because when she was younger, she would leave the room, leave her room at night. And she would chase the cat around the house or she would get into candy or she would rip up books or you know just everywhere get in the cat food she would do everything everywhere so I and I had a baby gate on the door and it was a tall one it's actually supposed to be for dogs so it's extra tall for tall dogs and I had a gate on the door but of course she was really quick at climbing over those kind of things. So there came a point where I couldn't keep her in her room anymore and she would be out. And sometimes we wouldn't even know she'd been out until she had woken up the next day. And we find out all this stuff that she's done while she's awake. Sometimes we would hear the cat because the cat did not enjoy being chased. So sometimes he would make known about it. And we would hear him and sometimes she would get so excited running around that she wouldn't be quiet anymore. So sometimes we'd catch her then. But she's fairly sneaky. (laughs) She gets out a lot. So one of the things I did is I, I left the gate there because that just gave her a few more seconds where she had to get through. So even if she was older, I would I would have left the gate there. She's actually improved a lot since then until these manic episodes kind of come for her. And, but another thing I did is I bought a blink camera and I think this is like, is it an Amazon product? I don't know, but I bought a blink camera and what it is, is I have it pointed at her door. And when there's movement, I get a text message vibration on my phone and it will tell me, oh, there's movement. And so, yes, I do wake up a lot, which is not great, but I um, know when she's leaving her room. Now, sometimes it's her older sister. They share a room and sometimes it's her, you know, headed to the restroom or something like that. But usually it was her trying to get out of the room and sometimes my phone would just vibrate and I would just yell and be like, little lady, go back to bed. <laughs> so tired. Okay. And then she'd be sad that she got caught and she got pretty good about staying in her room. But when she has these manic episodes, they're just awful. But another thing that I do, because sometimes the camera system locks me out every once in a while, but I will just lay on the floor in her bedroom. If she's having a really terrible night, I will just lay on the floor in her bedroom. It's what I did when my kids were toddlers because they would get out of bed. My second child, my oldest son. Oh, my goodness. I So <laughs> just to give you all of our personal information, My most of my family are early risers. But me and my oldest son, we like to sleep in. So he has a hard time going to bed at night and I have a hard time going to bed at night. And he, I could not get him ever to bed before 10 o'clock, even as an infant, even as a newborn, even as a toddler, preschool, I could not do it. He would not go down. And his sister, she would wake up at 5 a.m., no matter what if i put her to bed at 7 she's up at 5 a.m. if i put her to bed at 10 she's up at 5 a.m. she has an internal clock that's just like 5 a.m. and then my my second son is kind of like that as well he likes he, he is always up by 5:45 and <sighs> of course right right parents is just going to be incompatible remember that article about the ladies i mean parents are not getting any sleep mostly the moms, right? I know it's every which way, but mostly the moms, which is fine. They're worth it, right? But laying on the floor was a really good one. And my daughter absolutely hates when I do that because she will go down, she'll steal candy, she'll do all of these things. And if I'm laying there, she can't. So she hates it. So I went to AI and I put in what happens to a child when they don't get enough sleep. And here's the answer AI gave me. It said, sleep is important for a child's development. It helps with cognitive performance, learning, memory, alertness and attention, mood resiliency, vocabulary acquisition, which is kind of fascinating, problem solving, quick reaction, and memory formation. Sleep deprivation can cause problems, including mental health, such as stress, depression, anxiety, aggressive behavior, and thinking problems. I'm not going to lie, part of me was like maybe she's never slept at all. Like maybe she just sits there in a in a catatonic zone and just pretends to sleep. <laughs> because because I can't imagine those things worse than they've been. I want her to not have those things, so I want her to have sleep. Talks about behavior problems when you're silly or um How they have less control and and might lose their temper more easily. I was like, truly, this kid has never slept. I'm not even sure I'm sleeping. But it talks about learning problems. You know, when your child is really difficult, you want them to be in a place where they are not combative with you and they are not fighting against you, and you are able to teach them the things they need to grow to be an adult. And you are trying to. Make it through the day where they can have a good day and you can have a good day and things like that. And so giving them an environment that is best for them, where you have proper nutrition, which can be tricky sometimes, where you have proper sleep, which can be tricky sometimes when you stay away, especially in our case, from sugar and food dyes. Truly, because some of these things, if you are not making them a priority in your life, are making your life harder. So yeah, it's really annoying to have to fix certain meals when your day is absolutely panicked and packed and full. But if you don't take into consideration these things for your child, you might actually be making yourself have a harder, harder day. But enough with AI, let's talk about an article that I came across. It is by R Morgan Griffin, and it was medically reviewed on WebMD. And it says, this is your kid's brain without sleep. So she goes and she talks about the different hours that we've already talked about. But then she talks about weight gain and bad moods, which and trouble in school. You guys, this is just my daughter, (laughs) bad judgment, accidents. So I mean, these are all things I'm trying to avoid. So, of course, I'm going to be looking into the best. I told our pediatrician about how my oldest daughter has still doesn't actually sleep through the night. She just quit coming to my room at four and a half years old. She still doesn't sleep through the night. She's 13. And he prescribed her sleep medication, which did not work for her. She actually woke up twice as often with the sleep medication. But they talk about the importance of a routine at night. And this includes you, parent. This includes you. This, you need to make this a priority for yourself in order to make your life easier. And I know that you're sitting there saying, yeah, but it's my only time, the only time I have for myself. And I think, yeah, but you won't crave that as much if you're not at the end of your rope. If you're not as desperate, you won't need that much time. But in this article, I love this part. It says, take your bedtime seriously. Set a firm bedtime and stick to it. Don't let your kids get jobs or take part in after school activities that will keep them out too late. Build your weekly schedules around having enough time for sleep. And I am huge into that. I'm an absolute believer because when my kids don't get enough sleep, My day's awful. Their day's awful. Our whole house is just having an awful day. And we can make slight adjustments and make that better, make it better for us, make it better for them. But don't forget yourself. Don't forget that your body needs at least seven to nine hours of sleep. And that I average about six. And sometimes I'm really proud of those six (laughs) hours. Because sometimes it's less. But now that I have I have done this podcast I'm going to try very hard to increase that to 7 to 8 hours because I like it I like waking up rested I like I like not being as grouchy. I like my brain to be functioning better. And so we cannot forget ourselves as parents. We want what's best for our children. We want it to be easier than it is when they're hard and having hard times. But we also need to take care of ourselves. We don't want to deal with those mental and physical and health issues that you can have by not getting enough sleep, including additional mental health issues in an already difficult mental health time. So everybody, let's try our best, put our best foot forward, take a few more naps during the day. And let's do our best to get some sleep. Thanks for joining me.